This is Ed Cohen, your broadcast host today of GlobalRadioTalkShow.com, a broadcast news service of Global HR News and GlobalBusinessNews.net. I'm in San Diego, and our special guest today is Dr. Ken Oler with Concentric, and he's in New York. Let's welcome Ken. Hello. Hey, Ed. Great to be here. Just honored to have you back again. Okay, so tell us about Concentric. It's a Spencer Stewart company. Yes, Concentric is a new name, but we're, we've been around a while. So we came about from the divestiture uh, from Aon of the culture engagement, leadership, and HR advisory practices. Spencer Stewart acquired us, and we're standing up as our own brand and own, own company, uh, Concentric. And we're just really excited about what's ahead of us and, and to be part of the Spencer Stewart family. All right. Well, that's good to know. And really, congratulations. So this is about creating an extraordinary employee experience or EX. So those are really good words. But what's an extraordinary employee experience in a nutshell? Yeah, it's a great question. We just published our second global employee experience report. Over 1,300 HR executives responded to this. And one of the things we found out was only about a third of organizations have a good working definition of EX or employee experience. We define employee experience as all the aspects of work that affect an employee throughout the life cycle from when you're interviewing with an organization to onboarding all the way to exit, all the moments in between. Employee experience is really about moments that matter and how a company's culture, mission, engagement come to life or not across those moments that matter. One of the things that's important about moments that matters. Those are typically moments like onboarding or development, but sometimes the moments that you you haven't really considered, but that have some sort of element of elevation, development, recognition, inspiration, connection with others, that these are the things that really matter to employees and stand out. So once again, we're talking with Ken Oler, a PhD, senior partner, global culture and engagement practice leader with Concentric. That's K-I-N. C-E-N-T-R-I-C, based in New York. Okay, so sounds like so many people and organizations are talking about experience. (laughs) Okay, so what's so important all of a sudden? Well, I think a lot of the the employee experience attention has come out of, I think, some frustration that, that many organizations and leaders and managers and employees, for that matter, are having day-to-day, but with some of the things that maybe HR has been doing for a while, like annual engagement surveys or trying to become digital and throwing new technology apps at people, and and it's not working to its full potential. With the annual engagement survey, one of the things that organizations are figuring out that it's just not sufficient, it's sort of like the joke we have is if you only checked in with your spouse or significant other once a year and said, you know, how's it going? you know, the answer probably be it's not going so well and that you need to be checking in more often and not just at a single point in time, but again, back to this concept of what were the moments that mattered to you that were either engaging or disengaging or brought the culture to life or didn't. And so thinking more broadly about these various experiences that employees have and how important they are is really important. And why it's really important is because the companies that are getting a lot of these experiences right are removing friction, they're unlocking people's energy and inspiration and having better performance, lower turnover, 
better customer outcomes, et cetera. And the ones that are getting too many of these moments wrong are really frustrating. Employees are having higher turnover. It's not turning out too well for customers, et cetera. Generally, employees that are having bad experiences turn around and give customers bad experiences. So these things are really important. And, and I think companies are getting more and more attuned to this. And it's, it's a really more mature view of traditionally how companies have approached things like culture and engagement. Ken, the world we are living in now is obviously nutty with disruption everywhere and change and demographic change and globalization, VUCA, uncertainty, ambiguousness. So a lot of employees, not just the 25, 30-year-olds, but a lot of employees are a little bit lost and a little bit concerned about what's coming next. So the experience thing is really important now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things we found in, in our global employee experience study was that we asked all these HR executives, what are you measuring now? What are you interested in now in terms of the employee experience? And what are you going to be interested in in the future? And the thing that jumped out by far the most in terms of what is going to be more and more important in the, in the future is employees' experience of change. And you mentioned it, you know, we're living in an accelerating world, uh, lots of pressures, whether it's economic pressure, pressure from societal change, changing regulations, political pressure, or even just some things within the company itself, uh, a merger or acquisition transformation, or like Concentric is experiencing ourselves, you know, being divested and standing up in the world. These things all have implications for if you can't bring employees along with you, you're going to have a tough time succeeding as a business and, and keeping energy from employees. So that one in particular is on a lot of readers' minds and increasingly thinking about, for example, you know, one client I'm working with right now is really talking to their employees a lot about impulsing and, and helping managers understand change and agility. And agility is top of mind for so many companies that are are employees seeing a change in how their collaboration across units are employees and managers inclusive of diverse thoughts and opinions? Are you making quality decisions in a very timely basis and speeding things along to invest and move as quickly as possible? And, and so this experience of how is it going around this change itself? And are we just getting better at change, period, as an organization is increasingly critical. Now I want to ask you about the talent pipeline development. And I'm guessing now, so I'm going to ask a question from that perspective. Does the employee experience really begin with onboarding? I would argue it probably begins even before onboarding. So if you think about even an employee or a prospective employee who starts to look at a job opportunity, either on the website or they've started to talk to a recruiter, that person, he or she is already getting signal about what is this organization like? What is the culture? Is the culture fast, nimble, inviting, or is it rigid and slow or whatever these things may be? So this person is already having an experience even before they join. I was just at an HR Insights conference down in Naples, Florida. That was really awesome. We, and we led an EX roundtable with a series of clients. And to your question, one of the most important things that came up from all these HR executives was onboarding, that you need to get to employees very quickly in the first seven days 
to make sure not only they have, you know, is the experience good? Are they getting their badge? Are they getting their computer? All the things they need to do their job. But are you sending that signal? Are you talking to them about this is our mission? What would this mean to you? And how critical that is. In fact, our data shows that employees that have some sort of mismatch between their expectations of the company and what is re- happening in reality in the first seven days, that that's a really high predictor of engagement. It's a high predictor of whether there'll be an early turnover, have early turnover. So absolutely, the, the onboarding experience is super critical, but it, it also goes well beyond that. It, 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 go, it goes back to those moments that matter throughout someone's life cycle. For that matter, when someone takes a new job, even within the company, they're kind of onboarding all over again. So you constantly need to be thinking about that. Yeah, because it's the boss. It's the direct report relationship that really drives it all, doesn't it? That's one of them. One of the things we also found was we asked this question in in our employee experience study, who owns the employee experience? What was interesting is the answer is a lot of people own it. So senior leaders own it in terms of setting the direction. There are more and more younger generations want to interact directly with top executives. HR certainly is the owner of the, the EX strategy perspective and delivery of a lot of the programs. The manager is oftentimes the steward of the employee experience because they own either directly an experience of of one-on-one and and direction of work and feedback and coaching, but also they're steward of other things like pay and the strategy and everything else. So absolutely the the manager is a critical person, but, but not the only stakeholder that's important. So what about machine versus personal conversation? Is this an issue? It absolutely is. One of the things that we're seeing, an unbelievable acceleration of some awesome technology that's out in HR arena, both in terms of listening technology, as well as other things like AI that helps in selection, pre-hire selection, or AI that could help coach a manager to better behaviors. And Concentric has awesome, awesome technology, real-time reporting, list pulsing and listening tools, actions that can get pushed to managers. This is really, really important and I think a must-have in order to scale an employee experience, particularly for really large organizations. However, there are some pitfalls that companies can avoid with this. So, you know, I make a joke sort of like the, the old mobile phone commercial. It's like, you know, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And if all you're doing is taking the same engagement survey and, and doing that faster and running it on repeat, you actually could inadvertently damage your employee experience in that employees don't like that, that they don't like this repetitive questioning without seeing any action or feedback. And managers, you know, we know that managers struggle with annual surveys and to think that you're going to speed this up you know, four times a year quarterly or 12 times a year monthly. And these same managers that still, you know, didn't have the capability or capacity to act are going to have the capability and capacity to act that much more frequently is is really misguided. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Some of the best companies in the world are doing this. Some of our clients are are doing this, but to be successful, you have to have the strategy in place. You have to have the ability to actually deliver on this and and actually deliver behavior change. So technology is awesome. You got to do it. We've got some great stuff that we offer, but in order, what really drives success is strategy and ultimately the capability and capacity to take action. So tell me, again, I'm an outsider and I'm trying to learn too, but when you keep mentioning strategy, strategy about what? About employee experience or is this the business 
sales strategy or yeah so it, yeah yeah it's so when i when i'm saying strategy it's, it's really the the employee experience strategy but that requires a connection to the business strategy so in order to have a great ex strategy you need to align three things and that is the business strategy where the business is going and what's required for success the culture the required culture to support that and the behaviors that you need to see from different types of employees and then the change readiness in place to actually enable that to you mentioned you know who owns it is it the manager is it hr is it the leader to to ready the organization to, to take action and when you align these three things and particularly you start to answer the question how does this employee experience bring our required culture to life? How does it unlock the energy and talents of employees to not only have a great experience here and want to stay here, but deliver value in, in the best interest of our customers, of for our operations, for our for employees themselves? This is when you have a strategy and, and then you start to say, well, who matters? What are the, you know, if it's salespeople, what are the experiences that matter to them? And those experiences are probably quite different than the experiences of maybe manufacturing people on the shop floor or your top executives or the different segments or your, your next generation leaders. Really starting to think about who are those segments that are critical to our business? What are those experiences that are, that are going to matter to them and deliver on business value? And how ready are we to do this? This is what the strategy is all about. Yeah, thank you. So in the research here that I'm looking at, it says, and I'd like you to comment on this. of organizations say that EX or employee experience is important, yet only 28% have a deliberate approach to strategy measurement and delivery of their employee experience, their EX. Please comment on that gap. Yeah, so the first, the 91%, it shows that there's such tremendous interest. I think people get it. This isn't just a fad. They see that the potential for the value, it just makes sense to think, you know, you know, engagement goes up and down during someone's life cycle. The key is, you know, how you keep engagement at high levels, as high as possible, and and reduce the level, the number of times you go, it goes down across someone's tenure is important. And, and that clearly is going to deliver better business value. The gap shows that we're just on the cusp of figuring this out. And, I, and you know, for the question you asked prior, I think, Companies have started to throw a lot of technology at this, but closing the gaps in strategy and, and the ability to actually deliver is, is where companies will go next to, to, in order to close those gaps. And that the second statistic was what we also found from our data that you know companies saying, yeah, we really feel like we've got our strategy aligned. We really think we have the capability and capacity to deliver. We think we're really changing behavior or in fact, we think we have succeeded in delivering a differentiated employee experience. Okay, thank you. So what's your acceptance of this? I assume you're dealing with Fortune 500 type companies for the most part, and they get it, right? Yeah, I think what is happening is most HR people are really, really into this. And and it's, I mean, if you were just recently at the HR tech conference out in Las Vegas, employee experience was everywhere. There's lots of energy being put into technology apps to help deliver employee experience. I think one of the, the gaps that we see in our data was this this piece about how do you get leadership alignment and that not only is that a critical success factor, but the rates at which companies have done this and that the clients we're working with 
that's one of the first things that we do. Is it, and again, it goes back to the strategy that you've got to make the business case and get leaders behind you, behind this concept of employee experience and the value it's going to deliver to the business for it to be successful. So it's not enough for, for HR just to, to, to think this is great and we're going to throw our energy behind this. This is this represents organizational change. So getting a lot of stakeholders and most importantly, executive leadership behind you is, is, is really critical. So you're doing a lot of surveys, but that means asking questions, right? Yeah. So what's happening with surveys is you're not only asking questions, but the, I think the key is to, to start to become more conversational in those surveys. So, you know, the, the days of the big annual surveys where you, you ask you know, 40 questions, 60 questions, maybe more, and it you know takes a long time to get results back. And th- this is what's, you know, companies are really thinking about this differently. And, and where some companies are saying, well, just ask fewer questions and put that on repeat. That's not really working as well as it could be either. What we're seeing is best in class is be trying to mimic a great conversation, which would be something like, hey, how is this going? How is the manager effectiveness going? And then someone would give me a response and say, well, it's not really going so great. And then I would say, well, why do you say that? And then they would give me a little bit more information. Then I would say, well, what are some things we could do to make that better? And our technology is really geared toward having that conversation in real time. So you can have a couple of iterations and it's not just a, I'd like to ask you a question. Thanks very much. I'll see you in a few months or maybe never. The way you ask questions is absolutely critical to helping employees and managers in this journey toward an extraordinary employee experience. And so I'm looking at this chart here about creating moments of inspirational interactions through continuous dialogue. And uh, listed here are top employee lifecycle measurement topics. So this is what I see here. There is certain memorable events along the process of the employee life cycle. So it says onboarding, performance management, well-being, recognition, exit. So these are your key points. It could have been a lot more, I'm sure. So these are points that you measure specifically. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's it, it much like in a customer interaction, whether you know, when you're getting out of your Uber, you, know, you rate that experience or you just finish something with any customer experience and they give you a quick pulse survey. It's really about measuring at those different moments. That data is really about where organizations are now, what they're most focused. As I mentioned, I think there's, there's rapidly an evolution toward thinking about those moments that you mentioned are also ones that are most sort of one size fits all. Like those are relevant to almost everyone. The next way of thinking about this will be to get much more targeted to segments that matter and moments that matter to segments that matter. So a high potential who's going through leadership training, how is it going as you're going through the different levels of coaching with a leadership cohort? Or if you're a brand new salesperson, and you just got recognized and got your first commission check for your first big sale. How did that go? These are two very important segments that the moments that matter for them are really different and being able to, to get, get some information pretty quickly and understand that. But I think what's also critical that we're seeing the best do is to not just have sort of a diagnostician's view of like, oh, isn't that interesting? They didn't really like that so much. I wonder what that means. But to have more sort of a prescriptive view of if I get low data or low satisfaction data on this pulse, I know exactly what to do. 
I've already thought this through and, and I'm actually already tested this with, with some of those very employees to what we could do to make this better. Or I've had some hypotheses about changing that commission plan or changing that coaching program to make it better so that you, you're ready to jump into action and you're not just sort of stuck in diagnostic mode. This is actually pretty exciting. A lot of my time and energy is spent on talent management, on uh, mobile talent. In other words, people on business travel or on a project or relo assignment. And I would think a lot of this can be uh, applied to increasing or accelerating performance of people on assignment or on projects rather than forgotten about. So what do you think about that? I know this is a off-the-wall question here, but the people on assignment or on business mm-hmm. travel, they're a spend machine. <laughs> you know, They're out there mm-hmm. spending money while doing one thing. So what's a better way of managing performance and communicating and maybe mentoring, coaching while on assignment? Yeah, I think that, well, I mean, you're getting at something really important, which is the, the changing nature of work, whether it's more remote or people on assignment or gig workers. Work is changing very rapidly. And one of the things that I just mentioned, this HR Insights Conference, I was just sat with a bunch of great HR executives. We talked a lot about this, that we need to be de- designing and having back to strategy. You have to have a strategy for your EX for the future of work, not just for what's going on now. So whether it's someone who's a remote worker or someone who's on assignment, there's a couple of things there. One is just that the potential for human face-to-face interaction isn't as high as, say, if you're working in an office environment or, or right next to your team or your manager. So it means your listening technology has to be mobile, has to be fast. But I think more importantly, some of the things that we're working on with virtual coaching technology that also gives feedback back to someone about, hey, have you tried this? And could we nudge you at certain points? How often would you like to be reminded by this? How could we connect you to other people with the same challenges and build communities around developmental opportunities in ways that maybe don't fit the normal hierarchy that work you know, takes place remotely, workplace takes place in teams that aren't necessarily connected down the traditional HRAS hierarchy. And you have to think more and more for the future how you can connect people up like this. Because at the end of the day, employee experience is about people. It's not really about the technology and about making this a a more human experience that ignites, elevates, connects, et cetera. Thank you for that. So, Ken, as we come to a close here, is HR ready for this? Is there a gap? Considering the younger and younger workforce, who are early adopters generally, very tech-oriented, is HR ready for dealing with these people and they're used to having 24-7 access to information? And Is HR ready for this? Our data shows that about a quarter of HR professionals are ready. I, I, most are mentally ready, super excited, see the future, see it coming. I think readiness to actually deliver is not as high as most would like, but I think people will be closing that gap, uh, you know, of this smaller percent, I think it was about 28% from our research of the organizations that are ready, that actually are delivering on the employee experience in a really meaningful way. There were some really important lessons from there, and some of which were things like you have to start with this strategy, developing an employee for people delivered by people, thinking about how you're using your technology to speed speed up value, but not the technology is not the inter- intervention in of itself. And making sure that you have the HR 
function set up with the right structure, governance, roles, capabilities to actually support what represents a pretty significant shift from an HR-centric view of the world to an employee-centric view of the world, which mindset shift, capability shift, capacity shifts, et cetera. So there are some lessons from the smaller set of HR organizations that are not only ready, but actually are delivering right. Well, it's fascinating information. Thank you, Ken Oler, PhD, Senior Partner, Global Culture and Engagement Practice Leader with Concentric, uh, Spencer Stewart Company. Ken, as we come to a close here, I want to say thank you for being our special guest today on GlobalRadioTalkShow.com. Do you want to give a parting word or some vision for 2020? I think as it pertains to employee experience that I tell all the clients I'm working with is if you stay focused on business value, how you bring your culture and engagement to life across the employee experience and across life cycle moments that matter, you're on the right track. And don't try to boil the ocean. Start small, find the segments that matter, try to experiment, take an agile approach, experiment, listen, learn, adjust, and keep moving and you'll be on the right track. Thank you, Ken Oler. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. Thank you. Ed Cohen here signing off from San Diego, and that was Dr. Ken Oler signing off from New York. GlobalRadioTalkShow.com. Thank you. I think to myself, what a wonderful world.